Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or other healthcare provider, and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you've found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Well, welcome to episode 17 of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. And I know that there are a lot of data hounds in our audience out there. I talk to you frequently, a number of you are clients of ours, and all of you seem to have a similar thread running through you, which is that you are analytically driven and data oriented and you want the answers. One of the places to find the answers could and should be in your enterprise software that you're using to manage the business overall. I'm gonna be joined on the podcast today by Jim Gerson. He is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for CareStack, and CareStack is an enterprise level software solution. It's everything under one roof. It is a remarkable product, and Jim is going to give us a number of insights into how best to use your practice management system to run a better business. We're gonna talk predictive versus historical reporting. We're gonna talk compliance and operational versus strategic. And we're gonna talk about ease of access for your patients or prospective patients to gain appointments into your business. It's all gonna be a fast tour on today's podcast. And I think he's probably gonna broaden some of your horizons in terms of how you're operating your current business. I know you're gonna wanna take some notes get ready for that and come fully caffeinated, even with a horrible cup of Keurig coffee. It's all on today's episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. We're off and running. Once again, thanks to everybody in the audience for joining me again on the podcast today. This is Perrin Desports. Of course, I'm your host, for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. And as I said in the introduction, this is a different podcast from what we normally do and a little bit of a special episode for us. I'm gonna be joined on today's show by Mr. Jim Gerson. He is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for a software company that probably most of you know or have at least heard of called CareStack. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Aaron, I'm thrilled to be your guest. Thanks for inviting me along today, and and uh, and I'm excited to talk to your uh, audience today. Thank you. Believe me, it is our pleasure, and and I've been looking forward to this for uh, for quite a while. We have been, um, I'll say, admirers of the CareStack product uh, going back a number of years now, probably about to 27, uh, 2017, 2018, as CareStack was just coming on the scene. You've had so much prolific growth since then. And it's really been an enterprise level software solution uh, that is much, much more than a practice management system. I know your your uh, user base, if you will, is a blend of solo dentists, solo practices, uh, and it probably goes all the way up to the multi-hundred location enterprise level DSOs. But suffice to say, y'all are a company 
that really plays in Polaris's market space. That's the doctor-founded, debt-funded space that's you know anywhere from a couple of locations to 20 to 30 locations. But these are the entrepreneurial dentists that are um, typically transitioning out of the chair and, and looking to build bigger businesses and, and certainly um, uh, growth businesses where we find ourselves in the space right now. So it's a really prolific time for us and for y'all. And, and judging from what I've been reading over the years, um, you've experienced a, a lot of success. Jim, you and I go back a, a good ways um, to right. our prior careers um, before Polaris and before uh, CareStack. But why don't you give just uh, uh, the audience a real brief overview of both yourself and your your journey, as well as the CareStack journey over the last couple of years, orient us to, to both you sure, and the sure. company. Well, Perrin, thank you for the introduction. I, I want to be brief in talking about myself. Um, my background, I've been in dentistry, in the dental landscape for 19 years. Um, from Like you, I worked for a large company. In my case, it was First Dent Supply and then Zimmer Biomet Dental. And really what I wanted in my next stage of my career, this is a, a few years back, was to work for an entrepreneurial outfit that really could um, cater to the growing group space and offer a product that really made sense for many different constituencies in dentistry. And so um, finding CareStack was really, a, a, it's really been a great fit and it's been a great ride for three years. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Where CareStack has come from, just for your audience, um, you know, we are a 100% cloud-based solution for the complete management of a dental practice. And we typically work with two types of clients. The first is a growing, ambitious group that's having success, but they see technology as enabling that competitive edge and just to know how to get there. And then the second type of office, they're just frustrated and aggravated, parent by managing a multitude of software subscriptions that layer on top of their existing legacy software. You know, they have one subscription for claims, another one for patient engagement. The list goes on and on. And they're just suffocating on the expense side because so much money is flying out the door in software. Or they're looking for ways to streamline the revenue cycle, right? So that they get can, you know, work on that aging AR and manage your enterprise from a central location. So that's kind of a brief introduction on CareStack. Um, and I, I hope it's appropriate. I just wanted to kind of position CareStack for your audience. Yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely helpful. And um, it's one of the things that we liked about the philosophy of the product from early on. It's It really is a solution that is um, uh, comprehensively and um, all but uh, exclusively oriented towards those multi-location groups or emerging groups um, for those that may be one location and want to be more than one That's location. Right. Uh, you know, you mentioned kind of the patchwork quilt of uh, what we typically see out there, you know, from different patient engagement and billing and dashboards and uh, learning management systems and practice management systems. And they're, you know, they cover somebody's uh, desktop with all the different icons probably. Why don't you take us through just at a high level how y'all really approach the market space and and the development of your your system and how it's it's targeted at that um, emerging group? Sure, sure. And I think part of the ethos of CareStack, I want to use a consumer example. If we rerun the clock to personal devices 15 years ago, right? Prior to the iPhone and Android, everyone had a myriad of different devices, and 
there's no reason there's there, there's a good reason why guys wore cargo shorts parent right we needed pockets <laughs> for all different devices right we had a, a flip phone we had a camera that was a standalone device a gps device that would suction cup up in your windshield maybe a palm pilot for your calendar right the list goes on and on and people were just overwhelmed with all these different devices and now we fast forward to current day no one would be caught dead with all those different devices everything is in the palm of your hands whether you're an Apple or Android user, I don't want to settle that, that debate up here. And that's really what kind of governed the development of CareStack from an enterprise standpoint, was to give emerging groups the power of technology, but not to have to manage six or seven different software platforms to do so. And that can be very challenging as you onboard new hires, right? That they have to learn six or seven new processes and protocols. So that's the, really the driving force, force behind CareStack is having everything, patient engagement, revenue cycle management, everything from two-way texting to the clinical elements to uh, claims, billing management, all in one platform. Um, that's kind of the driving force. And then allowing groups as they grow to expand and centralize so that they're in the cloud. They don't have to rely on having uh, an IT silo built out in every single practice, right? Dentistry, unfortunately, is the last bastion of healthcare parent where every practice owner is expected to own and house their own IT infrastructure in a closet somewhere. So that's kind of the driving force and the mission um, behind what we do here at CareStack. No, that's that's a, a, a solid um, uh you know, start to it. And, and I think, you know, you got the wheels spinning a good bit for me um, and, and I'm sure for our audience too, because, you know, if you think about this, um, we see uh, that patchwork quilt all too often in terms of uh, uh, loosely termed software solutions. But the other piece to this is that, you know, our, again, our core audience um, are doctor founded and debt funded groups. And most of them are in um, a significant growth phase, uh, and most are growing through acquisition. We do have a handful that are de novo or a blend of acquisition and de novo, but what you see most often is that they're acquiring other practices, and all too often those other practices um, are running a, a different um, practice management system or different, you know, uh, sure. solutions, I'll say. So kind of the the integration of all of it we're finding more and more groups simply are choosing not to integrate practice management software or solutions in their uh, acquired practices because of the change management, the data conversion aspect and everything like that. That's, that's too big of a hurdle. It's, I mean, it's more than switching costs. It's the friction involved with it and the upheaval to the, the practice and the staff. Do you want to talk a little bit, you know, at maybe an operational or an execution level on how y'all handle some of that? Yeah, thank you for speaking to that. So no, no doubt, I want to make sure I answer the, the question properly. You know, with CareStack, um, what we're doing is we're, we're trying to make, we are unifying on this one platform, right? And no one wakes up in the morning and says, you know, hey, I want to change practice management software unless there's real pain. So CareStack solves pain. And the pain could be the, that there's not the ability to centralize, you know, managing the scheduling function or managing the back office and that you have three, four five offices that all work independent of one another. And that's the pain they want to address. The good news now as we fast forward to 2021 is we have over 1100 practices now utilizing CareStack and we've converted groups small and large 
from different various legacy software systems into CareStack. So we have a lot of um, institutional knowledge or tribal knowledge, I, I don't want to overuse that expression, of how to migrate that data into CareStack and so that you preserve the information, right? You want the clinical notes to come over. You want to be able to migrate balances if that's appropriate for you. And so we have expertise doing that. And then in addition, we have a team of people that are based in Florida that have dental experience and acumen that are there to hold the hand and be kind of the taskmasters, the getting practices from a legacy system over to CareStack. It's not something where we send you a user manual and we expect you to do it on your own. But I think it's important for your audience to know that this is a process. We're talking to doctor-owned groups. The groups that, that I think about that are the best examples that, and they tell us they've had the best conversions are the ones where the leadership are involved and there's a mantra and there's involvement from the top and they wanna see this be successful. So I think that's important to share that everyone's gotta be on board making this transition. Yeah, very very well uh, stated. Um, uh, I used to sell dental practice management software in a, in a prior, prior, prior life. Okay. Um, talking like way back in the light, late 1990s and early 2000s. Fascinating. Um, yeah, you know, uh, there used to be something called Windows NT, which was a network <laughs> version of of Windows, and nobody in our audience probably knows what the heck that is. But I, I I've lived through some of the, um, uh, I'll just say challenges, like you're talking about, and to see how far it's come. Not to say that it's necessarily easy. And again, learning a new system and change management is is not simple, and it's it's uh, not without its perils. But at the same time, if you can turn the corner on that. Um, as a as a business owner, and you have more um, consolidated data and aggregated reports, you have better actionable intelligence on your business, and you can rely right. on your ITIS infrastructure to support the overall business growth, and certainly give you um, uh, you know confirmation of trends that are happening even before they might occur. Um, let, let's let's do talk a little bit about data, Jim, because. Our audience, and I, again, I think the people that we work with most often, one of the things they probably like about Polaris is that we're a very data-driven, very analytical type of a company. Um, and hopefully that makes us high on execution. But we we are looking for answers in data. We're looking for trends. We're, we're looking to, to find areas of potential improvement where a client of ours can uh, have some easy wins or pick some low-hanging fruit. And, and a lot of the times that's buried somewhere in the data. And, and uh, we, we work very hard to uncover a lot of that. For y'all, uh, if you're over 1,100 practices, the amount of data information that, that sits somewhere in the cloud uh, that has CareStack tied to it is, has got to be pretty immense. Can you share maybe some of the things that y'all are seeing and or what you've uncovered and, and just paint a clearer picture for some of the things our audience should be focused on? Sure, sure. So I think one of the phenomenal things that we have is, like you mentioned, we have this aggregated data across all of our practices. And so I think a key element to share with the group is that we notice some real changes in the behavior of how dentistry is being practiced um, from a business standpoint during the pandemic and how patients are responding differently. One example can be, I think this is a really good example, is patients want to have more opportunity to do things in a self-service capacity. And we've seen, you know, remember CareStack is an all-in-one solution parent, right? So a big part of what we do is patient facing. 
And when I say patient facing, I'm talking about um, allowing practices to have online appointment booking right from their website into CareStack. That's one example. Another one is online forms being completed, right? Medical history, HIPAA, HIPAA forms, COVID forms, those types of things prior to coming into the practice. And what was really fascinating is the difference between February 2020 and June of 2020 is that the increase, and this is held steady, is about 8x in utilization of this patient-facing te technology. And of that, the utilization by patients of, of, of booking their own appointments has shot through the roof. And our, our best practices in CareStack, the ones that are producing the, the highest revenue per hour and chair time, are also the ones that are allowing their patients to schedule online in blocks though, where time is allocated and the practice has control. So they can't schedule, let's say a cleaning when the practice is allocating the time for an all on four restoration, right? But it allows the patient to book. They're not calling the office and, and tying up the front desk. This is something that we learned and, and it's held true. Another element is that they're completing forms before they come in. So chair time is maximized, right? You speak about this. I know you talk about there's a maximum amount of chair time a practice can have. There's nothing worse for a practice than when a patient shows up, you book them for an hour, they're there at 10, and they have to do 15 minutes of onboarding before you can see them, right? And so we're seeing trends that the, the most productive practices that have operating leverage and they're expanding their, you talk about in your terminology of EBITDA expansion, are the ones that are harnessing technology the patients want it. They want to do more before they come in. I hope that makes sense. It, it absolutely does. I, I was actually taking notes as you were talking. And our, uh, our audience is pretty famous for, uh, for listening to our podcast with a pad and pen in hand. So a couple of things here. One, um, we've, we've talked about this on our podcast previously, and, and I talk about it um, with current clients and sometimes when I'm on the phone with prospective clients. And, and the ADA has done a lot of studies about changing um, uh, buyer behavior, I'll call it, okay. as uh, within the, the patient, um, uh, patient group. And one of the things, one of the alarming trends is, um, is what I'll call the commoditization of dental services, and um, specifically, they they the ADA ran a study and they looked at different age groups and how um, those different age groups uh, chose providers essentially or chose a dental practice. And the younger the the group, the millennials especially, tend to uh, choose providers not by provider but by convenience. Um, and yeah, and so a lot of that convenience comes down to things like the ability to book online. I mean, you just right. mentioned that directly. It's also days and hours of availability that is convenient to them and their schedule, not the traditional eight to five Monday through Thursday necessarily. And, and I think the key, and obviously if y'all are seeing a growth trend in these aspects eight times or eight fold, that's not a rounding error. You know, I nice. mean, that is a significant difference beyond that. And, and, to run a, a dental, a solo dental practice or an emerging group um, and take down any of the barriers uh, uh, to access your business um, is something that will immediately differentiate you from anybody trying to find a dental practice by a Google search, for example. 
And then obviously the efficiency in forms uh, to maximize the time that they're in the office and and minimize the the friction points of them in the waiting room or or otherwise or it, you know anything that would delay treatment. Obviously, you're right. It it ultimately adds up to a more efficient uh, and ultimately more profitable business. I mean that's um, those are those are two major takeaways. Uh, I, I appreciate you sharing them with the audience because that's that's huge and it addresses a primary concern that we're seeing in the marketplace for sure. Um, let's let's also talk like i mentioned our our audience is you know data oriented i'll say okay. um let's talk kpis and trends and dashboards and things like that for a second um because i know you guys pr- uh provide a a holistic solution that's right in the way that y'all um approach the the product and its development its ongoing development and and like the learning management system of teaching your your users how to get more out of it um do you want to talk a little bit about i don't know if you want to call it kpis and trends or what you're seeing on dashboards and yeah yeah thank you for that so i think the first thing for the audience to know is that CareStack wants to be able to be that single source of truth, right? We have all the data here. And we heard from a lot of groups while we worked with them in our kind of infancy that one of the frustrations was taking data out from a legacy system and then bringing it into some third-party analytics software and that the data wasn't mapped properly and it wasn't converting and they would get, you know, four different results every time they took a different pass of the information. And so we wanted to create that holistic solution pattern that you referenced so we can displace the need for having an analytics bolt-on software. I'm not gonna name names here, but your audience knows who they are. And we want that to reside within CareStack. So we have a lot of clients that wanna be able to visualize their information and to identify trends before they show up on a report in month end. And so we have those dashboards and they're customizable. And they can be, you can, you can have laser-like focus and drill down to the provider level to a certain CDD code to a certain office, let's say, on a certain day of the week. Or you can take a step back and get that macro bird's eye view and look across the enterprise and everything in between. So that's fully customizable. And we have dashboards that are you can have that you can use the ones that we create or you can create your own, right? And so that's for people who want to visualize information. We still have all the monthly and ending reporting that you're talking about and that your users are pretty used to. I think something that's novel and what our clients say that we do a little bit differently is that we've also put a lot of rules engines into CareStack so that way we can act upstream from something before it becomes a problem. And I had one client come to us recently and said, this is really helpful when we have a patient in the chair and they're in network and we find out that they've already had this procedure done and they're no longer eligible, right? And so they use an example of a surface, a filling. And the patient wasn't eligible and, a, and, a, and a, a warning popped up inside a care stack, letting them know that this is gonna push from the clinic, from the um, insurance portion parent to the patient portion, right? So they said in our new world with care stack, we have a conversation with them and we let them know ahead of time that this is gonna be the responsible portion. And when they check out, the patient makes a payment. And what happens in this, in this practice is that the patient's relieved because the number one pain point we hear from patients when we talk to them is the surprise invoice that comes in the mail, right? That says, wait a second, you thought you only owed hundred bucks. Well, guess what? You really owe 180. And now we've got to collect the $80 from you. Patients hate that. And then the practices have told us that 
they're not no longer having to chase that AR. And so for the office manager or the billing coordinator, there's no there's less of those uncomfortable calls to make, right? To collect the AR. The practice revenue cycle now is really humming. And that's important, right? Now they're now you talk about KPIs and um, you know, percent AR outstanding, things of that nature. So from a macro level, it's really touching all these different elements. So this one practice in particular, that's why they they love CareStack, is that we're catching these things before they happen. I, I hope I'm articulating that okay without showing a real example. Um, hope it speaks to your audience. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I'm I'm following you, and I'm I'm 90% sure that the audience will as well. And I I remember taking an early look at the product uh, back in 2017 or 2018, and and seeing some of the early versions of the the rules matrices that y'all were were putting together. You know, I think the I think the key takeaway. Um, again, I took a couple of notes here, Jim, but I think the key takeaways are are a few things. You know, one. Um, a dental practice or a group dental practice is um, is a great case study in the opportunity for incremental improvement. I mean, you know, who knows how many treatment visits okay. a typical right. practice has every year, but that you get a lot of at bats in a dental practice, right? So right. anything that you that may seem like it's so inconsequential. But when you add up what's seemingly inconsequential over several hundred times, it magically adds up to real money, usually. And, and when you talk about not having to refile an insurance claim or not having to chase um, a, a patient uh, aspect of the receivable um, and, and the time value of money on, on a cash flow basis, that's immensely important. The other thing that you mentioned on your, uh, on your KPI and dashboard aspect uh, is the ability to drill down into to, to some of the numbers and at a deeper level. And a lot of our audience um, has either heard us talk about or is possibly um, already working with an, an EOS implementer. EOS is Entrepreneurial Operating System. And, and many of our audience is familiar with the book Traction. We Again, we talked about it before on the podcast. And Polaris is an EOS company in the sense that okay. we use their, their system to, to help us you know, uh, govern our business. And one of the EOS principles that's probably near and dear to everybody out there is the aspect that everybody on the team has a number on the scorecard. And what that means is that you're responsible for delivering the number of whatever your area of responsibility is. And, and when you talk about dashboards and the ability to connect a staff level position to a number that adds up to an operational result, that connection and the ability to to manage that performance is critically important because again how many staff members does every practice have well in a group right. there're probably a lot of them so you get that incremental improvement piece um, that uh that really does uh, add up to a lot and it's in and of itself it may be seemingly inconsequential but over a longer period of time um, it can be the difference in a couple of points on the bottom line and that can really add up to a lot especially in valuation. So that that's all incredibly valuable information I, I find. Um, let me let me ask one other question around kind of data and KPI and trends and things. And that's that, you know, you you sort of touched on the uh, the predict, predictive nature of it. Um, and I want to dig in just a little bit more on historical versus predictive. We, everybody loves their month end reports, right? I mean, yes, um, but, 
but at the at the end of the month, the month's done. If you missed, you missed, right? Um, right. Let's talk a little bit more maybe about predictive because this is really a mindset shift that we try to instill upon um, our audience and, and our clients to, to get out of just looking in the rearview mirror at the performance of the business, but be able to look out ahead in the coming weeks to see where we're going to end up by the end of the month before we get there. Do you want to maybe just take a, a, a second and talk about some of the ways y'all address that from a predictive context? Yeah, I think I think the key thing is that um, you it, having the ability to access the information real time as it's happening is really important, right? There's not because you're in the cloud, it gives you a, a massive advantage if you're if you're managing a multi-location group that you can see the data as it's occurring, not nightly or not when it transfers to a data warehouse. So you have real time ability to access that. I think that's really important. And for people that are visual learners, the dashboards may be very helpful. Right. For others who don't want to see the visualization, I think a key element is being able to create benchmarks. And if, for example, if you have a provider that you want to use as a KPI benchmarking for your other providers, you have the ability to do that in CareStack. And so you can talk about that going back to your scorecard. Um, so I think really having the, the combination of the real time access to data, parent is very important across the whole enterprise, not just in the location that maybe you're working in is something that's new and novel in the group space. Being able to benchmark against high performers is also very valuable. And then being able to customize so that you're not hemmed in by what CareStack thinks you should be tracking. I think that's a really important element. And so when I think about where we came from and where we are today, when we initially got started, um, we didn't have that kind of customization and that ability. It was a lot about what CareStack thought was important to the dental practice. And now after you know um, many iterations and making some enhancements to the software, we've given really a tremendous amount of uh, latitude to the practice to determine what those, those key indicators look like and how to benchmark them. That's, uh, that's really good stuff. And again, if I, uh, if I go back, um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but if I go back 25 years to, <laughs> in, in my life to, to a prior career and I think about um, you know, where software has, has come uh, and the way it's been developed and especially cloud-based solutions like CareStack, you know, it, it really, I think there are too many of us that are still caught in that mindset and we, we evaluate practice management systems from uh, maybe an operational context or, or for lack of a better term, a compliance context. And it really is something that's far more strategic. If you've got a class A product that you're, you're working with in terms of, you know, the, the information you're able to get out of the system and the actionable intelligence that you have at your fingertips. And ultimately, if done correctly, that really translates into to running a better business. And I, I know that's what we're all trying to, to do at the end of the day. So it's, it's really yeah, great. Parents, thank, I don't mean to step across you, but I, like this, I just wanted to share this with, your, with you and the audience. I mean, imagine I've got a sophomore in high school, right? He has no idea what a hard drive on a computer is, what it does, <laughs> right? And I remember, remember how scared you were back in the day if your hard drive crashed, you were, you were out of luck. Now he saves or everything in Google Drive or maybe use Microsoft OneDrive. Everything is in the cloud. He can log into someone else's computer, enter his credentials, and he has his work, and it's saved real time. Um, and so I think going back to this 
concept of legacy software is really holding back dentistry in the group space. Everything is located in a silo. And how can you access it? You have to remote in. It, it can be difficult. There can be a lot of passwords to use and it may not always be predictable. So just basic things like that. I mean, we've really turned the corner in how people can just use computing in their everyday life. Um, and so why shouldn't that be the case in dentistry? Yeah, very, very well said. Very well said. So um, let's uh, let's wrap up today with with one maybe concluding thought or, or comment from you, um, which is the the future, the outlook, if you will, for for CareStack. I mean, um, can you give me a peek behind the curtain? Can you tell me? Can you tell us where sure. you all are headed with it, and uh, maybe shed a little light there? Yeah. So I think in our first few years at CareStack, we've been very involved in developing the patient-facing elements of CareStack. Right. They use the the patient experience, the engagement things I talked about, and then also the operator experience, right? The Whether it's reporting, the clinical elements, um, claims management, all those elements. The third piece is really, the, is really gonna be the payer space, right? And connecting the payers into this landscape. And I think that's what we're working on. And that's where we're gonna make a lot of impact in 2022, is imagine being able to, to uh, treat a patient and adjudicate the claim and get paid, you know, all that day within the dental practice, right? Instantaneously. I mean, that's the future. That's where people want to go. We're, we're not there yet, but CareStack wants to remove the friction. So for practices that are working with payers that we can bring the payers together into this, into this interface. And so I think a lot of the focus is going to be on, on that space and then continuing that's one. And then the second piece is um, we, br we brought in a higher dental acumen into the company. So we have a group called Practice Heroes. And they're actually led by an individual, I'll mention her by name, Maria Fuertes, who was in DSO leadership for many years, 20 plus years in DSO leadership. And she has a team of people that report to her that are helping make the software better for groups based on their experience and their subject matter expertise. So credentialing, insurance management, SOPs, all these things that now we're bringing to bear to make CareStack a better experience for the provider and for the dental operator. Those, those are kind of the two core areas that I think you're gonna really see us um, focus on and deliver in, uh, in 2022 and beyond. That's exciting, I'm not gonna lie. Um, uh, and I really, um, I can't wait to see how the, the product continues to evolve. Y'all have really done a, a phenomenal job in a, in a relatively short period of time. Candidly. Thank you. And and uh, I know you're you're just scratching the surface with it, and and that's super cool to see. So hats off to you and Abby and the rest of the team there, and um, keep doing what you're doing. And thanks for being a friend of Polaris, and and thanks for giving us a look behind the curtain, Jim. This has been a real pleasure. And thank you very much for the invitation, Perrin. Really appreciate it. You bet. This won't be the last time we have you on the podcast. Sounds I look good. forward to a, another trip down to Orlando at some point too. So all the best, everybody. Jim, thanks so Thank much. You. We'll talk to you again soon. Well, that was a heck of a lot of fun. And I really appreciate Jim Gerson, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for CareStack, for joining me on the podcast today. He's a wealth of information 
And I actually learned a handful of things in that one too. So I, I appreciate him and his time. He is a busy guy and we have been working for a while to get him on the show. So I'm really glad that he was able to share some insights with you. And I hope you found that informational as well. Before we wrap things up today, I want to take a second and talk about a, a press release that probably many of you have had a chance to, to read and digest. Um, and this is a little bit off the, the beaten path. Um, as you probably know or have read, uh, we sent out a press release talking about uh, a funding campaign uh, in conjunction with an organization called UNICEF. Probably everybody knows what UNICEF is or has at least heard of it, um, but it's a a children's organization, philanthropic organization, uh, that helps needy children all over the planet. And it's frankly an organization that I knew a little about, but hadn't really focused much effort uh, into until DeWalker brought it up recently. And let's face it, we've all watched enough of the nightly news. We've all heard a lot about what's going on in Afghanistan uh, as of the last several weeks or several months. Most of the information coming out of there has, has not been great, honestly. And I think we can all um, uh, commiserate with that, regardless of what side of the political spectrum you, you come down on. That being said, uh, Afghanistan is obviously a very rough place, and it's not a great place to be a kid. Um, and it wasn't that way even before the Taliban took over. But with what they're dealing with right now, it's um, it's a mess. It's a nightmare. It's more than just a security crisis. You've got skyrocketing food process, uh, prices. There's a drought that's going on. COVID is alive and well in Afghanistan like it is everywhere else. Oh, by the way, they've got winter coming up too. Uh, and that means that there are a lot of kids at risk. UNICEF is an organization that hopefully helps not only protect children, um, but get them vaccinated, get them nourished, and even get them educated. They're predicting that uh, over a million children under the age of five in Afghanistan are going to end up suffering from acute malnutrition. Um, and that candidly could probably be curtains for a lot of them. They've been on the ground for 65 years in Afghanistan, uh, and arguably their, their work is never more in need than it is right now, um, whether it be supporting mobile health clinics, um, nutrition, uh, healthcare, vaccinations, clean water. Um, all of these are literally life-saving supplies. The organization does unbelievable work and 97 cents of every dollar you donate gets to the people who need it most. And in, that, in this case, those are children. Uh, so we decided that in an effort to do our part, um, we would make a donation to UNICEF um, and we would agree to match any donation from our audience up to $5,000 uh, total um, and match that out of the coffers of Polaris. We're obviously a startup company um, and are not awash in cash, but we can do our part. And I would encourage you um, to consider doing your part if you can. Um, there are a lot of uh, great people in our audience who donate a lot of money to charities, um, especially in their local area or here in the United States. I tend to focus my giving personally in the Charlotte community and certainly in the United States. Um, but this is one that is a, a, a bit of a call from afar 
um, from a group that's severely in need. We will link to the UNICEF organization and the Afghanistan page in the show notes. Uh, so you'll be able to hopefully access that very easily and make a donation. And if you do um, take a picture of it with your phone, or if you want to forward us a, uh, an email receipt, or if you just want to send us an email and say, hey, Aaron, I donated $100 or whatever to UNICEF, we will match it uh, in your name um, up to $5,000. So in advance, I really appreciate so many of you answering the call. I know that a number of you will. And, you know, every donated dollar really, really does help. Uh, and in this situation, um, there, there are things that a lot of us can't do to help. And this is something that's frankly pretty easy uh, and it makes a big impact. So I hope that on, on behalf of the international community and certainly a lot of children in need, you'll consider taking us up on, on your donation um, uh, in this respect. So thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you also for being a loyal subscriber and a listener to our podcast. The numbers go up every week that we release an episode. That means that there are more people joining the tribe. And frankly, we we really appreciate it. We thank you all for being out there. And we thank you for being such an active participant in it, sending us questions um, and even a, a rating and a review. It means a lot to me and to Walker, and, and we're truly grateful for it. Most notably, I hope that you continue to get a lot out of the podcast. Thank you in advance um, for your, your efforts with UNICEF. Thanks for being a subscriber and a friend to Polaris. We'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. <laughs>